the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. He is the Chief Market Analyst. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hi, Rob. Fine, thank you. Good to be back with you. Um, last week, we were in kind of panic mode. Ebola was a problem. Europe was a problem. Angela Merkel was a problem. Vladimir Putin was a problem. Asia, I guess there was a, some slowing thoughts. Uh, this week, we seem to be kind of back to neutral versus panicked. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, what we saw last week is uh, was um, scary looking at times, but, you know, as we kind of alluded to in prior interviews, I didn't think it was um, completely surprising. You know, we had had a market that uh, had just a terrific end uh, through the third quarter and, um notwithstanding the last few weeks, but had done quite well throughout the third quarter and was looking overextended, and you had that sense of things that people were just getting way too complacent. And uh, sure enough, um, you had a few uh, headlines that didn't sound all that great, and it was just the perfect catalyst to to, uh, take some money off the table, and that kind of fed on itself as more of the worrisome headlines coming out of Germany and and the like started to percolate. But... um, but as we talked about, you take a step back from that, and you try to remove yourself from the emotion of the moment, and you can still look at some of those fundamental drivers, such as interest rates coming down, inflation you know, being held in check, and earnings continuing to grow, uh, and, um, uh, and you have a basis there to come in and, and buy on some of those dips. But for me, one of the things I thought was really the most important element um, was uh, last week when St. Louis Fed President Bullard just made the suggestion that the Fed might consider delaying the end of its quantitative easing program at next week's meeting, you saw the market really reverse nicely on that. And while we don't necessarily agree that they're going to you know, uh, hold off on the end of that program, we think they are going to end it, but the market responded very enthusiastically to the idea of it. And that's another point we've highlighted in prior interviews is that the market seemed to be looking as if it was losing some faith in the idea of the central bank put. And when it rallied in response to that headline, it told me that uh, that faith has not been completely shot. And we're seeing it even this morning, too, uh, following some press reports that the ECB might 
launch a corporate bond purchase program as soon as December. And um, and while that may not come to fruition, the response to it was positive. And so that's that's an important element of support here that we can't afford to lose uh, in the midst of some of these scary-sounding headlines that can create some havoc from time to time. Now, the European Union may not do anything as well, which is kind of the question mark that's out there. They're floating balloons, I think, is the idea to see how people respond to them. But um, European Union doesn't seem to be all on the same page. As a market analyst, does that bother you, or do you just work with it knowing it? I think you have to work with it knowing it. Uh, the the political uh, uh, roadblocks that exist in the European Union are, are pretty well known. Um, it's not easy to reach consensus. It certainly doesn't happen in a very rapid you know, fashion, and so you have to uh, essentially accept that there's going to be a very lengthy process whenever there's some type of fiscal or structural issue that needs address- addressing before, you know, those bodies come around and, and actually agree to get something done. And as you know, one of our analysts <clears throat> at Briefing.com likes to say is that, you know, Europe, it, it takes basically, you know, coming up to the to the precipice and looking into the abyss before they actually um, do get their act together and, and try to do something to um, – to calm down markets. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's effective in, in, in changing the tone, but it, or in terms of, of, a, of producing a real meaningful change to the economic dynamic, but uh, they seem to come together in, in these times of crisis to at least uh, you know, placate market participants to, to stem some of the, the selling interest. And, and I think, as you, you know, correctly mentioned today, you know, the, the ECB uh, probably is floating some trial balloons here to see, you know, what what might work. But I think the bigger point is, um, it, no matter what the ECB does right now, you know, will anything really work without, you know, fiscal and structural reform in the in the eurozone? And and that's that's a, a key point that remains very open for debate. And you certainly haven't seen it. Um, uh, show up in terms of the economic performance in that region as uh, suggesting that what the ECB has done to this point has made any real, you know, meaningful difference in, in changing the economic dynamic. One of the things that I'm seeing out there, Mr. O'Hare, is airlines raising fares despite cheaper fuel. That gives me kind of a mixed signal. For the short term, it's telling me there's demand. People are flying, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this. Um, they're not cutting prices to try to lure people into the flying, but it also gives me a little bit of inflation concern. And I, I don't have many inflation concerns often in my life, but this is one of them. Uh, any commentary on the airlines raising fares today? Well, I think from a, um, uh, from a corporate standpoint, um, you've got to like it if you're an investor in the airline industry, um, you know, that they can benefit both on the cost side uh, as well as the demand side there uh, are on the top line so they're they're able to you know cut their expenses with oil prices coming down um, and then also help drive further bottom line growth with top line increases brought on by those fare increases but you know when it comes to an issue you know like an airline fare um, probably the more nettlesome factors you know when it comes to thinking of these inflationary uh, points would be those day-to-day items more so than an airfare. You know, not everyone travels, you know, every day, but we all drink milk every day. We all, you know, eat every day, um, and most of us drive a car every day. And so those are 
those are factors that you know kind of catch our attention more so than the the one-off increase uh, in airline fares is uh, exciting us about the potential for you know uh, runaway inflation and and so what you're what you might be losing there uh, as a consumer on the, the from the cost standpoint as it relates to an airfare you're you're gaining day to day though because those lower oil prices have also translated into lower gasoline prices which factor more prominently you know on a regular basis for most consumers. You recently wrote a piece for Briefing.com, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, about deflation and the environment of deflationary being kind of a negative, for sure. Give us a little bit of background on that that article. Yeah, well, all I wanted to do was just kind of highlight for our readers, you know, uh, who might have been looking at everything that was going on last week and, and everyone talking about, you know, the Eurozone on the cusp of potentially having a lost decade like Japan did due to deflationary forces taking root. Uh, and then there was a lot of chatter that, you know, that could eventually spill over to the United States because you had a stronger dollar that would, you know, weigh on commodity prices. Um, you, you know, you'd seen the collapse in oil prices, and then uh, the U.S., notwithstanding the drop in the unemployment rate, still has some challenges, excess labor capacity. But um, so it was really kind of a, just a food for thought type of piece. You know, deflation is not a good thing. Um, yeah, you want to see prices, you know, stay low, but you don't want a general price decline um, because it really is uh, feeds a very um, destructive cycle, um, you know, because people just hold off on those purchases. And as they hold off on purchases, businesses hold off on investing in new equipment and new labor resources because they don't think the demand is going to materialize, and then that ultimately leads potentially to uh, job losses, and it just kind of is a really nasty cycle. So you really don't want any deflation to take root, but we realize that investors in the context of everything going on last week might be thinking to themselves, you know, what do you do in a deflationary environment? You know, how do you invest in that type of environment? Uh, and so we laid out a few options, uh, not all inclusive, but some of the more popular options include going to cash. Um, you know, buying long-term government bonds, purchasing zero-coupon bonds, um, you know, where interest rates are fixed, um, and then, you know, owning high-quality dividend-paying companies, which are going to at least, you know, provide you some type of income stream uh, during a period of deflation uh, versus those companies that don't pay any dividends. And then if you want to be a little bit more aggressive, you, you turn around and look at some shorting strategies, you know, shorting stock indexes or cyclical stocks. Uh, some of the commodities, particularly the industrial metals, uh, and then shorting the stocks of companies uh, that are highly leveraged that typically won't do very well uh, in a period of deflation. So we are not forecasting deflation um, at briefing.com in the near term, the medium term, or the long term. Uh, but we realize that um, investors might nonetheless want to have some insight as to you know, how they might approach their investment portfolio or hedge against the risk of deflation should they uh, want to make some maneuvers within their investment portfolio. So I put out that piece last week, uh, uh, alerting them to as much. With that said, you've got about a minute, minute and a half. Anything you were working on, Mr. O'Hare, that you think we should be aware of? Well, you know, you have to really keep an eye on these earnings results that are coming in. Um, you know, what we heard out of IBM yesterday was just um, ugly, um, but the market seemed to take it as more of a company-specific issue. And conversely, what we had heard out of Apple after the close was quite uh, encouraging uh, as it relates to demand on the consumer side of things. Um, we're going to have over 100, I think around 130 S&P 500 companies report the results this week, and so we're going to have a better picture, I think, of what is really taking place around the globe, and you know what companies are saying about their fourth quarter outlooks by the end of the week to have a better sense 
if the earnings results can, in fact, come in and be a, a strong supportive factor here that gets the market focused on fundamentals again versus some of these uh, scary-sounding headlines. Thank you very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. That's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst for Briefing.com. Always insightful. Starts. I start my morning every day by reading his articles that he publishes every morning at Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.